Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. You're on the sports bag on Joy 94.9, live at AIDS 2014, down here at the Melbourne Exhibition and at Convention Centre. And uh, Mal, a text message that's coming from Tim, of course, listeners out there, if you want to you know, communicate with us on the sports bag this evening, send in a text, 0427 JOY 949, 0427 569 949, you can email to... On air at joy.org.au. Indeed, and Tim is sending a text message, thanks Tim, I have yet to notice anyone speaking too fast, although on a similar note, a challenge... How fast can you say this tongue twister? Well, I'll give you a ready? Go you ready? Here we go. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? He would chuck, he would as much as he could and chuck as much wood as a woodchuck would if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Yay! Oh, well done! <laughs> that was very good. gold medal winning performance. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. That's for you, Jenny. <laughs> At home. Google's mum. Joining us now, uh, Malcolm and Jai on the sports bag on Joy 94.9. Of course, Steve Bevelling lives in Sydney. He's been HIV positive since 1996, and like many other athletes, found that athletics helped him to stay positive. Uh, in life. In life. Do you it's find athletics HIV. or trampoline helped you to stay positive, John? Yeah, of course. I mean, I grew up in a fairly low socioeconomic area south of Brisbane, and it was... Logan? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been very easy for me to go down the drug route. Yes. And gro- go down the unemployment route. But trampoline kept me really grounded, kept yes. me away from all that. Yes. And I really have my sport to thank for that. For getting you yeah. out. Yeah, for keeping me out. You know, yeah. my parents definitely kept me out, but uh, keeping me out it was, would have been very easy. So, um, so yeah, it absolutely keeps you really positive and on the go. Well, of mm-hmm. course, Steve Pavilling, the president of the Sydney Cycling Club, he's flown down especially for us tonight, Mal. He's come from the Gold Coast. He's been at a, at a lawyer's conference yeah, up there, being the barrister that he is. <laughs> no, Gold Coast. And, uh, like. <laughs> I was due to fly home to Sydney tonight and I contacted him last night and I said, we need you in Melbourne, what can you do? Changed his flight at 11.30pm last night to be with us tonight. These Steve, lawyers, they must Steve earn Bevelling. big money if they Welcome can do that. Welcome to Joy 94.9. <laughs> Thank you very, very much indeed. Thank you. And um, no, somebody else actually paid for the air ticket. <laughs> 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 uh, um, let me first come back onto that comment about living and being positive and indeed. being a cyclist. Um, there's an organisation called Positive Peddlers in the United States Yes. And I have one of their T-shirts which says, positive is an attitude. Of course. And that's really a very, very strong statement, and that's mm. really what we're all about. And that's that? the same across yeah. all community sectors. That's exactly. not just about living with HIV or in the yeah. gay community. It really is about being positive about life. Yes, yeah. And, and as you said, Steve, in an article I read about you last night, you, know, you, you don't just like living, you love being alive. Even though I was diagnosed with HIV now 18 and a bit years ago, mm. and it was a very, very torrid time. In fact, they made an appointment for me at the morgue. I oh. decided that I would stay alive. I like being alive. Those I don't just like those. being alive. I love being alive. And even to this day, I catch myself out in the car, raising my fist going, yep, I'm alive. Because <laughs> it is just good so good. Instead of being in the morgue. 
You know, and uh, that, that, look, <laughs> the beds are cold. And that was, yeah, that was a real reality look back it, then. In that Melbourne was a real last possibility. Night, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a real possibility, and, right. it, and, and it was, and I remember very much the decision, I'm not going there, but what if I did... I wouldn't be complaining, and it can't be that bad. I was so much at that fork in the road in my life, but I'm so glad I chose the left side rather than the right one. And look at you now. Yeah, I'm really lucky. Let me try and paint the picture, Steve, for our listeners. Here's this young, avid cyclist, before he was diagnosed with HIV. You started racing in your teens and loved it, and shortly after you were diagnosed in 1996... You went blind, and of course the, the HIV virus had, had damaged the coating on your optic nerve. Stop yep. talking, Malcolm, I can hear you. Um, however, your sight came back a year later. Talk to, tell our listeners about that, about that process. Um, well, it happened about three or four weeks after I see I converted, and, and on the Sunday I could see, and on the Wednesday I could see nothing. Uh, it was like a television without an aerial, just this black and white snow. That's all I could see. Like within three days, my eyesight had gone. And that was, frankly, the most frightening period of my entire life. But you also said off air earlier that after, it was about two weeks where you didn't know what was going on. But then when you got a diagnosis, they said it will return your Indeed. sight. And, and once they said it will return, I went, OK, I can cope with that. Yes. Uh, now, it was pretty tedious to have to wait for it to return because I couldn't do a lot. And of course, in those days, there was a, a much greater issue about stigma and discrimination and dealing with HIV and the ramifications. And, you know, I didn't want to have the question of why is it that you don't have eyesight at the moment? Um, so I just basically hid for quite some time and led a fairly private life. Um, but we overcame that. What then the more long-term ramification was that even though my eyesight came back after 12 months, I still stopped cycling. And I still didn't cycle for 11 years. And that was because of the HIV did you, I was did, you, did you perhaps feel that you, you wouldn't be treated because you were HIV positive? I was frightened that the ambulance people would leave me on the road in case I had a crash. They wear gloves. It was a, uh, no, but it was they, a, re- yeah, it was but a it, real it, risk it of was discrimination. It was a real concern. Back then, absolutely. Yeah. And I, 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 I stopped doing the thing that I loved because of being HIV positive. And what turned it around? Um, in the end, I got forward with that yeah. and I said I really want to yep. do what I really want to do. And so you got out there and did it. And I did it and then yes I did crash yeah. and I learned very very quickly that I was so wrong about my concern with respect to the ambulance people and all the health people. You were discriminating they... yourself. Exactly. You I was discriminating. You were, you, actually you were discriminating against the ambulance people. I was having a self, self-induced self fear and self-induced stigma problem mm. uh, and I know that and that's a concern itself with mm. respect to to HIV and what I'm trying to say is I was wrong and I'm really glad that I realised that I was wrong and I know that I can help and you know we come back to say the Sydney Cycling Club I didn't tell them that I was HIV positive and then I have a crash in in the bunch and you had to tell them and I'm lying splattered on the road and I'm going what do I do and I said be careful I've got HIV and the whole lot of them said 
yeah, so what? <laughs> and they all helped me. And I went, gee, this is great. You know, and it really was a fabulous turnaround experience. Listeners, the, the thing is, keep away from Steve when he's on a bike. <laughs> because when I first met Steve about four years ago at the Cologne Gay Games, he'd had a crash then too. And then he was in a cab on the way here from the airport and the cab had a crash. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be joking about that because tell us about what happened last year. <laughs> well, I, I, what I'm training to do is I trained to do a race called the Race Across America, which goes from San Diego to Washington, D.C. Team for HIV Hope. Team for HIV Hope. I'm planning to do it solo, but obviously I need a team of crew and I need the whole team to get us across. Um, but I keep on having to delay doing the race because last year I had a bicycle crash and broke five vertebrae. <laughs> and then this year I broke my leg and now I've bought lots more bubble wrap. You're, yeah. you're a walking disaster. <laughs> I get there, I get there. I know. Uh, fortunately, my partner is very, very supportive about this and he follows my phone and notices when I stop and he's actually telephoned saying, I've noticed you stopped. Are you dead? Uh, well, sometimes he's actually... <laughs> Are you still on the bike? <laughs> Some, sometimes the ambulance person has answered at the phone. Right, do you need an so, but you know, it's very—it's it, great to have that support. How many, many kilometres do you ride a week, Steve? Um, at the moment, about three, but it three hundred, and yes. then it varies between three hundred and six hundred. So, 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 doing that amount of exercise, do you yes. know what toll that takes on your health, living with HIV? I don't believe that it takes any greater toll on my health because I have HIV. It would take exactly the same amount of toll on anybody whether they have HIV or not. Excellent. But it's, great, it's great that cycling gives you those various goals to achieve and, and competing in races you know, keeps you motivated. And what's so nice about it is because, you know, fundamentally I do this to help reduce stigma and discrimination. So people know that the reasons why we do these races and we see the results from the younger people who watch us, we see this from people who stand by the road and wait for our team to go past. Mm. You know, we had one guy um, who waited for hours in the Midwest mm. just for our team to come past to say, I now see somebody else with HIV. How many other... Doing it. Exactly. Uh, doing getting it. out and doing How it. How many and other teams so are in this ride? Um, well, this year we were there were at least ninety four teams. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there, there was there was a lot of people. Uh, now, boys, so, this is to Jai as well as to mm -hmm. Steve. What is what do you find is worse, stigma or discrimination with HIV? My own feeling is that the stigma is more disconcerting. That's, that's what I would have thought. And, 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 but there are two bits of the stigma. We sort of talk, touched on the self induced stigma, which can be equally as detrimental for a person with HIV in contrast to the, the stigma that comes from other people. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about my own stigma that I created within myself, yes. and I know that it's so wrong. I know we've got to go to a yep. break very shortly and uh, start winding up the show in uh, a couple of minutes' time, but you mentioned in a recent article, Steve, that you, you feel lucky to live in Australia. We are so lucky that we live in Australia. We have um, a great sense of access. We have a great sense of community. We get to the medications. We know that we can test people. We know that we can treat people. And we have the support from our whole community. Sure, we have some issues that we need to keep on building up with, but we're streets ahead. 
with so many other nations. And being here in Melbourne this week with the conference, uh, it's been celebrated that Melbourne is hosting this. And mm. so Melbourne is supporting it and behind it. So that attitude, there is no stigma in that. And on top of that, uh, next year, um, proposing to be the first HIV positive person to compete to complete the race across America um, next year, 2015, aiming to do it solo. Of course, listeners, it's a 3,000-mile non-stop race from Oceanside, California, to Annapolis. Um, of course, I think you know, it's going to take about six days and 6,030 minutes. So More like 600. Uh, 600. <laughs> the, the cutoff, get this, the cutoff is 12 hours. And if you Each 12 day. Days, 12 days. Uh, 12 days. 12 days. And, 12 days. and, and if you go across oh. the line 12 days, one minute, you don't qualify. Yeah, yeah. Finish. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like that? that's like with Ironmans no, well, in Hawaii. The Olympics, so. you don't need a stop. No, they do because no, they can't have people don't. out on the road looking for you for <laughs> fifty-five days. Sure, next day maybe, but one minute. But, uh, I will do this bad. to ensure that people with HIV can do exactly everything else that people without HIV can do as well. Anything they want well, to do. Good on you, exactly. Stephen. Look, we appreciate you flying down from Gold Coast to be with us this evening. All the very best for the race across America next next year. You're a, you're a champion in your own self, Steve, and um, all the very best. I'm very honoured to be here, and thank you guys, and thank you for what you all do. Steve, I thanks, appreciate Steve. that. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.